Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. How do I record an episode? How do I get my show into all the apps people like to listen? How do I make money for my podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match with you great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. I use Anchor in a simple matter. I take my podcast episodes, edit them in Premiere, upload them to Anchor and schedule them and set my tags and my description, all that good stuff. Just sit back and let it distribute to all the platforms. It's very simple and very easy to use and very user-friendly. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast, make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start. That's anchor.fm slash start to join me and a diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. Hey guys, real quick, before we start the podcast, I just want to apologize to everyone because Alfred had to make Alfredo come back for his episode because I accidentally didn't transfer over his audio. So basically this is a episode 12 redux in a sense. And also on top of that too, I also wrote a new intro that basically I'm, I lost my other one. (laughs) So I'm going to read you the new intro that won't even show up to like episode 24 anyway. (laughs) So, um, don't, yeah, just, uh, I'm, I'm an idiot. Let's just say that. Uh, so without further ado, here's the, here's Alfredo Muniz, Muniz, I can't say the last thing because I'm laughing so hard. Muniz. Muniz. <laughs> Reduxed, I guess. Hello to my frame chasers. It's Wednesday and you already know what it is. A new episode of Chasing the Frame. Today I'm with Alfredo Muniz. Pretty good. Muniz. Right. Yeah, that was close. <laughs> Thank God. Finally got it right for once. <laughs> Took me like 40 fucking times. Uh, but before we get into the cast, I just want to thank you all for listening. And remember, if you're a Patreon member, we have uh, different tiers to let you listen to the podcast from three days to a week early. So if you, you can even listen to next week's podcast today which is awesome. So that's only if you're in that top tier, if you're in that low tier, three days, if you're in that middle tier, five days out before the podcast airs. Oh, and just to let you know, casually, we are now selling t-shirts on teespring.com slash stores slash chasing dash the dash frame. I am sorry. I tried to fix that because I couldn't last today and the day before I've been trying to figure that out to change the whole store name, but we got men and women's Hashtag frame chasers shirts in black with white lettering ranging from $20 to about $25.99 for that tri-blend shirt, which is the softest shirts I've ever had. And I love tri-blend. They're fucking dope as shit. Crew and V-neck shirts are ready to rock and roll to your door today. So let's get to it. Who's ready to chase frames today? Alfredo. Woo. How you doing? Oh, wow. You got the energy today, dog. (laughs) Whoa. Third, uh, second time's a charm, I should say, right? Right, right, right. So how are you today? I'm doing really good, really good. Uh, happy uh, 
Wednesday. <laughs> Ironically, on a Wednesday that you we released podcast, we were recording on a Wednesday. Happy Wednesday. Yes, it's hump day. But so first question I ask everyone is, are you from Vegas originally? Yeah, born and raised. Born and raised. All right, cool. <laughs> now, what part of Henderson were you like? Northwest, north, east, north town? Did you say what part of Henderson? Uh, not, wow, yeah, I did. It's been a long day. <laughs> what part of Vegas? North town? Um, I was originally- South town? <laughs> I was born on the east. Now I'm towards the northwest. Okay, so you move. You just shifted over like a compass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so okay. Second question is: What was the first movie, TV show, actor that got you into film or acting in that in that regard? Uh, I mean, I didn't really start. I, I honestly, when I was a kid, I didn't really watch a lot of like movies or TVs aside from like the, like the Saturday morning cartoons and like that kind of stuff. What was your favorite Saturday morning cartoon? Oh, um, it was between, um, Batman, the animated series. Good choice. (laughs) And, um, just like all the Nickelodeon ones, like cat dog and stuff like that. Yeah. I love those so much. That, that Fox five, uh, or Fox family, whatever it was a Fox in the morning that oh, had Batman the animated series. And then it moved over to WB. Yeah. 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 Did, I never did. really watched the new Avengers of Batman and Robin. Did you? No, I didn't. I just kind of stuck to ba- that animated series, Batman. And then when justice league went on too, that was great. Yeah, it was WB. I picked them up after that. So <laughs> they had, uh, had the new Avengers of Batman and Robin. Then you had Superman yeah. and you had justice league and then you had Batman beyond coming around the same time, I believe as justice league and justice league unlimited. Oh right? yeah. Oh, yeah. I watched Saturday morning cartoons until I was probably like in, until late early twenties. Yeah. <laughs> so. Do you remember the show hysteria by the way? Hysteria. Oh my God. You need to watch that. I need to find clips of it. I'm sorry. I don't think it had a big fat baby grandfather time. Loud Kennington. Uh, what was it? Something Bob. Um, Oh, I don't oh think my I God. saw hysteria. Hysteria was great. It was like based off the animaniac style, like, animations and stuff like that but like okay. not and you know it's a really good show highly recommend it's not on tv anymore but just highly recommend a youtube search hysteria hi hysteria oh okay 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 yeah yeah not right. i'm gonna have to look that up because yeah, or is hy it's whatever it is i forgot now okay <laughs> I'll, I'll i'll do both of those just to make yeah, sure i get please, it please do just type in wb kids also that'll help <laughs> Okay. Um, anyway, back to the question. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Off Broadway, as Carlos would say. <laughs> um, I uh, mostly wanted to study, when I was younger, I mostly wanted to study medicine. Okay. And um, it, it wasn't until high school that I got really into, went to like theater and mm-hmm. acting and all of that. Um, so, and then that's when I really started like watching movies yeah, yeah. more and more. So. I got into it through like my own volition. It wasn't like I dr- always dreamed of wanting to perform or mm-hmm. film or anything like that. But what made you get that into high school though? Um, it was mostly, I just didn't want to study medicine anymore. Like I was tired of it. I was tired of math mm-hmm. and science. And um, even though I'm really good at it now, I guess just got tired of it. So yeah. I took um, theater as uh, an easy class, quote unquote. Why does everyone say it's an easy class? Okay, listen. <laughs> like, when you that, that's like the such like the same shit everyone says. It's an easy class. I'm gonna take theater. Okay, listen. <laughs> when you don't know anything about it, like about acting or the film world or anything like that, you think all it is is just people running around playing games and just hopping around on stage, like. You don't understand like how hard it really is. So yeah. I walked in. I'm like, oh, okay, this is gonna be easy. 
I can just relax for this hour that yeah, I'm yeah. in class. And then I realized how hard it was, but I ended up falling in love with it yeah, yeah. at that time. So that's what really got me into it. What was your favorite part of theater class? Um, was it the acting? Was it like knowing behind the scenes? Was it, you know, just doing the games? It was doing the games and actually, cause actually um, doing, actually performing. Cause yeah. I guess, cause when I was younger, I, I guess I was dramatic. So <laughs> I can't see that. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I just I just loved being on stage and just playing around, and it it, it just felt like I was a little kid again on stage, just like yeah. running around and playing with these people. <laughs> That's always fun. Best game. I always tell everyone who's in theater on the show, freeze game. Oh, freeze, freeze game. game. Freeze game's the shit, man. I love freeze game. Freeze, freeze. game's really good. Yeah. <laughs> I, love, I just played it. I need to find an improv class. I need. To, I need. I want to go play one now. Yeah. Right. Yes. So, did you do any of like the fall or spring plays or no? Um, and also what grade were you, what like high school year were you in when you did theater? Did you do a theater too also? Or? It was, uh, I started in my sophomore year. Mm -hmm. Um, that was theater one. Then yeah. I took theater two in my junior year and then I was, I was screwing up in all the other classes. Yeah. So senior year was like my catch up year. So I couldn't take it, but oh, I, boy. I, I managed to, um, finesse the system. So mm -hmm. I got to still take it, but be like a student aid type of thing. Uh. Cheat uh, that system. Exactly. This is like, what you school need, is this? This was Clark High School. Okay. So we now, Clark High School, if you're listening, you can take back his diploma. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be mad because I finessed the system. <laughs> I got my, my elective credit, but still got what I want. <laughs> no, because that, that last year was super cool because yeah. um, she, uh, even though I was a student aide, she didn't, yeah. I, I was really cool with her. She loved me. So... Um, it was mostly like, I was kind of like a mini teacher. Like oh, okay. I got to like, kind of, cause it was all first year theater kids in yeah. there. So I got to, um, I got to like help her direct play. Oh shit. Look at you. Yeah. It was super cool. It was super cool. That's fun. Yeah. Um, but apart from like the normal, uh, I didn't really participate in a lot of the spring plays besides what we had like little locally going yeah. on, like those little projects we had. Um, except for uh, Jesus Christ Superstar, which was which you now look like Jesus Christ, oh, by the way. Thank you, as <laughs> blasphemy as that sounds, the long hair and the beard, you're rocking that Jesus look pretty well. Uh, I need to grow this out a little yeah, bit more, but a little bit more. <laughs> um, but no, but yeah, that was uh, that was the extent of um, of my involvement. And then afterwards, after high school, I because they just taught kind of like not, I guess the craft of it. Yeah. They didn't really teach us how to pursue it afterwards. Okay. So I didn't know what the hell to do. Oh boy. <laughs> um, so you're like a rock in the hard place you're saying? Pretty like Pretty much. Okay. It was crazy. Like I just started working. Um, I didn't, I, I decided to take a year off school. Yeah. Well, I thought it was a year off school. It ended up being a lot more. You know, it's one of those things. How many like, years then? <laughs> um, I didn't go back to school for like six years. That's years say. off school, not year off school. Okay, but I was in. You didn't go backpacking in Europe. <laughs> I should have taken advantage of that. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, I, t I was intending to only take a year off. It turned yeah. into like six and I was just working and working. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, I went to this school that popped up here. It's no longer around, unfortunately, yeah. but it's it was the International Academy of Film and Television. Mm -hmm. And I got to learn, I got to study acting again and it yeah. was super, super fun. I got to go there with, uh, Brian. I, you had him here yeah. on the show previously. 
Um, and I had him on the show with you previously as well. Yeah. In the second episode. <laughs> so, um, so yeah. So I went to go do that. I studied yeah. that for a couple years. How did you find I- IFT? Right, IFT. Yeah, IFT. It was through. Um, I was looking at a, a through a magazine. Yeah, yeah. Um, as I was uh, sitting in a um, like a waiting room type of mm-hmm. thing, and I saw it, and I looked at it. I'm like, this is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that, I started seeing them on like billboards and like, uh, they started popping up like on, uh, on websites. Cause you know how they use like the cookies and stuff like yeah. that. Um, so I started seeing it pop up all over the place. So I'm like, you know what? Screw it. Let's go and check it out. Let's see what's yeah. going on there. Um, when I went there, it looked like a little, it looked like little, uh, an, uh um, like a building complex. It didn't look yeah. like, it didn't look like a school. Um, so I was, what was it off of? It was off of uh, Sunset and Pecos. Oh, okay. Not too far. It's right over here. Yeah. It's yeah. Just, like right around here. And it was just, um, it, it, it looked weird. Mm-hmm. Um, but we went in there, open mind. We checked it out. Well, are you sure all of you went in there with an open mind? Because I think someone said last week that they weren't really uh, opened about the mind. Okay. But Brian is, mm, Yeah. <laughs> 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 he never goes into anything with an open mind. That's true. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> went in, we saw like a showcase that they put on from students that were already like enrolled and we're all like, Oh, oh crap, this is legit. Like this yeah, is, yeah. this is, this is great. This is awesome. We got to talk with some of the students that were actually performing and, you know, and then so, and then we enrolled a few days later. Um, now, did you start right away or did you have to like wait like till November, whatever? Like if you, if you applied in like, or enrolled in September, did it wait till like the middle of the school year or like the next semester or whatever it was? We had to wait until the next semester, but I think the next semester was like a month away. So okay. we didn't have to wait too long. Well, that's good. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was, that was really fun. That was, mm-hmm. that was, that whole experience was, was great. I got to work with a whole bunch of different, um, actors and filmmakers and, um, it was great because the environment, it was mm-hmm. very like, uh, the, the, the actors and the filmmakers work so closely together. Yeah. So I got to see a little bit of how filmmaking worked and we got to obviously study acting and all yeah. the, a whole bunch of different facets of it. And and it was just, it was just so much fun. What were some of the projects you worked on? Like, or actually before that, what acting technique do you do? Do you do Meisner, uh, Adler, Strausberg? Um, Is it I, don't even, I always forget when people are actors on the show. I apologize. <laughs> you're there's, fine. So, there's so many fucking uh, different names. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of them are really similar too. Yeah. Um, but um, I mean, at school, we mostly studied Meisner. Really? What? I mean, is but I mean, that's terrible. I feel like <laughs> it's so it's funny because um, uh, we were studying or whatever. And in the yeah. final semester, um, the teacher, the the fine, I forgot what class it was, but he, the te- the professor said, oh, okay, now that you guys studied, you know, you're almost done with the program and yeah. you've studied all the different kinds of acting. And and we just kind of looked at him like, all we've studied is Meisner. He almost like lost his shit because <laughs> he's like, what do you mean all you've studied with? You're supposed to have, all, have learned yeah. Stanislavski and all this other stuff. And we're like, sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's like going to a, a school for painting and you... You don't learn about just de Kooning. You learn about Pollock also. You learn about like Rembrandt, fucking um, you know, Monet, yeah. Monet, whatever, <laughs> both Monets, you know. <laughs> um, no, but you're right. You're right. You're right. Um, but um, 
we got to do a little bit of exercise for Stanislavski, and yeah. that was really fun. And like for that, I need to study it a little bit more, but yeah. I really, really gravitated towards that style. The Meisner one, right? The actually, what that little mini session we had with Stanislavski, I really liked. Oh, so you're then you said you're more Meisner though. I we studied Meisner in school. Okay, you studied Meisner. So but I'm, more I'm, I'm more familiar with Meisner. Yeah. Um, I still need to, I wouldn't need to, I wouldn't want to study more though. Yeah. Um, but, um, because I like the idea of like bringing what you have mm-hmm. out. Yeah. And uh, Meisner's all about just like living in the moment. Now, a couple actors have said they kind of blend their, their the styles together to find what's the best fit for them. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you do that or do you just say, I'm going to stay strictly St- Stanislavski or like strictly Meisner? Well, since I'm not super like well versed in like all of them yet and yeah. have found my favorite, it's, it, yeah, right now it's just all about mixing and matching yeah. and seeing seeing can what um seeing where what i want to do yeah what you want to pull from each other exactly sorry i can speak i can't speak that (laughs) that usually happens with me on this podcast like at least every other week (laughs) um but yeah so it's for me it's all about mixing right now and just finding out what i like and of course even just studying like the basics because all i've really done on everything else is just maybe read like a tiny part of it Mm -hmm. not actually participating so um Pretty much looking for coaches who are well versed in other stuff would be great. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, when you were in college or the, the IFT, I should say, mm-hmm. um, what was it like working with these film production guys who are learning, and you know you're learning as well, and you're doing their projects and with them, and like, what was the project environment like? What was it like, you know, working with people that are learning? I guess. Well, I mean, yeah. And overall, what was that experience like? It was great because for the most part, I mean, there was a little like bad apples spread apart but for the most part there was barely any ego yeah because we all understood that we were all on the same level and and honestly that felt great it it didn't feel like everyone was like my way or the highway yeah so it was it was really fun to just because to to kind of just learn from each other because the filmmakers were learning how to work with actors and the Mm -hmm. actors are learning not only how to like like hone our craft in front of the camera, but how to work with filmmakers. And because a lot of them were like obviously smaller crews, we got to learn a lot more of how to do like what they did. Yeah. That was, and that, that was honestly really cool. Nice. What was your favorite project out of all in that time? Um, I forgot what it was called, but there was one where I got to be the devil. Ooh. Right, right, right. But the Jesus (laughs) hair, you're rocking the devil. Look, well, this was back when my hair was short. (laughs) <laughs> I guess you became cleansed of your sins and now are Jesus. I got, I got baptized. You did. Uh, <laughs> by me, John. <laughs> oh man, this episode is so blasphemous. <laughs> um, I apologize to all Christians out there who listen. I'm just trying to have a good time and joke around with a friend. <laughs> but um, no, it was really cool because it, I didn't really... I got to be like the the strong, silent type of mm-hmm. kind of deity. So it was cool, and I got to I got to drive inside a Mustang for a little bit. So that oh, was really cool. cool. Yeah. Now, did you what did you bring to that role? Um, did you think about did you was the role supposed to be strong and silent type, or was it like he, I'm going to make it like that? It's actually funny because he was like asking around, yeah, like all the actors, and he was trying to find someone. His exact words were, "I'm trying to find someone with like intense eyes." Mm. Cause he wanted to do this like weird close up of like me of like in the car calling yeah. over somebody like tempting people type of thing yeah. to sin. And 
someone said, oh, ask Alfredo. And mm-hmm. I'm all like, ask me what? <laughs> so and then he, the intense eyes. Happened. He turned around. He's all like, give me your most intense eyes you can. I'm like, okay. And he's all like, I like it. I love it. I love it. Come on, do it. Let's do it. And yeah. then he told me what it was going to entail. And he's all like, and he just told me, and I'm like, okay, so I need to bring like a quiet intensity to this and just yeah. kind of like a, but still very like a domineering type of thing. And I'm like, this is really fun. Yeah. Um, it was a little uncomfortable for you to do that because I mean, I mean, just in general, I guess. I mean, I don't know. It is just because I'm a very um, like spry, wiry type of person. Yeah, yeah. So any any role that requires me to like stand still and be super serious is yeah. hard for me. But it let you out of your comfort zone to teach you more in that regard. And that, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, but it's still, and it's still really fun. And I always like, I, I always like taking roles that, that, that are completely different than, yeah. than what I'm comfortable with. Can you give me those intense eyes right now? Holy, look into the camera and do that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the smoldering look from fucking Jumanji with the rock. <laughs> smoldering. <laughs> so then after uh, college, what did you do? Um, after, Well, honestly, I was kind of just like a little stuck again. I'm not going to lie. I was a little stuck again um, because I had a little bit of a reel set together, but I didn't know how to really, where to really send it. They didn't do that. They did. And they were like, um, I don't know. It might've been my own insecurities or whatever Mm -hmm. about my acting, but um, because they were, they were encouraging us, go put it on backstage and go put it on this and really get going. But just, just for a little bit, because, um, uh, one of our one of our friends, one of Brian and Brian and Brian's mutual friends, he was starting up this group. We we met him through um, IAFT yeah. called Cinematics. Yes, and it was um, more of uh, actors and filmmakers getting together and teaching each other stuff and doing projects together and just kind of building like a small community mm-hmm. and just like kind of building it up and do this mm-hmm. thing. It was it was it was a, a really great experience. Um, unfortunately, it didn't last um, too long. How long did it last? I want to say it lasted close to a year. That's not that bad. No, it's not. And we got to do we got to do a lot of stuff. We got to I I like we got to be behind the cameras. We did a whole thing where um role reversal. All the actors were solely in charge behind the camera and all the filmmakers are are all actors. What was that like? Oh my god, that was so nerve-wracking. <laughs> <laughs> Cuz that was one of the first like projects that yeah. we did. So, um, we didn't really know too much about what we were doing behind the camera and he, they encouraged, we were all encouraged, just do it. Just, you know, if you fuck up, you fuck up, but just do it. Um, cause it's Nike. (laughs) Just do it. I like it. I like it. I like like it though. Um, and that was so much fun. That was so much fun. We were the, the actors or the, the filmmakers, you know, the Mm -hmm. actors who became filmmakers, we were in charge of writing and executing this whole project. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and the actors just had to like get in or the, you know, they had to get into their zone and stuff like that and really like embody their characters. And it was, Oh, it was so much fun. What was it like directing the the actors of the, ah, well, this is a tongue twister. How is it like directing the actors who were the, actually the people behind the scenes? It was, it felt weird because I felt like they were the whole time they were like thinking in their heads, like, no, you should be doing it this way, but they're not going to say anything because they don't want to be jerks. But at the same time, you're an actor, so you should probably know better than them in that yes, regard. Yes, we were judging them the whole time. No, I'm just kidding. I knew it. <laughs> um, 
But no, it was, uh, that's just one of the many projects that yeah. we did. We did like, uh, apart from that, we did like improv games and yeah. we did like extra more improv games, more improv games just to get everyone out yeah. of their shell. And it was, it was, it was that year mm-hmm. or that almost year was honestly such a good time. I, I kind of, what year was that? Mm, this was back in, I want to say 2016. Okay. So almost before we met. No, wait, no, because we met in 2016. And maybe 2015? 2014, 2015, around that time. Okay. Um, yeah, because we met in... Um, we met in, um, yeah, 2016, August or something like that. Okay, and then Cinematics or broke... September or something like Cinematics that. broke up like a couple months before that, and then we had like a year, so around 2015. Yeah. Um. But yeah, and that's actually where we met Kelly. Yeah. And uh, we thought she was a raging bitch at first. <laughs> Kelly, I hope you're listening to this. <laughs> Kelly, they still love you, though. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's how we met. That's how we met Kelly. And we still kind of keep in contact with with a few of the people from Cinematics. Yeah. And um, and it was just it was it was a great experience because if it wasn't for that we wouldn't have met Kelly we wouldn't have made Murder for Dummies we wouldn't have and how did that idea concept I think we kind of talked about this already a little bit in the second episode yeah I can speed through it yeah, so if you want to like, give us a um, cliff note to read uh, speed through well in cinematics we were coming up with this uh, oh let's make a little project let's yeah. make it let's make an actual project that we want to like you know release or whatever. Um, it started off as a trailer, then moved into a short film, and then it moved into a full length film. Yeah. Um, but as far as the execution of it, mm-hmm. the whole we we had kind of a divide, and yeah. the, the the ideas was like, oh, we don't want to do it as a full thing; we just want to do it for fun. And some of us were like, oh, but we want to do it as a full thing and just yeah. have fun along the way. We got to actually casting, and it was the day before, and it just kind of fell apart. And mm. and then that's when cinematics kind of broke up. Ended. Ended. Wow. Dissipated. And then Murder for Dummies happens. And then Murder for Dummies happened. Yep. Um, We, after that little breakup or whatever, we're like, oh, you know, let's do this. Screw it. You know, even though we're just actors, Mm -hmm. me, Brian, and Kelly were like, let's do this. Yeah. Um, So we had no idea what we were doing. So we, so we threw a message out into the heavens to see who would bite and yeah. lo and behold you were you bit <laughs> <laughs> shit <laughs> now you're stuck with us <laughs> damn it <laughs> i just cry every night cuz of that <laughs> no kidding you have you have like ptsd from the whole thing no yeah only when uh, i had shit that one time like i told everyone the second episode <laughs> that's the only ptsd i had and also i think i told someone recently like about the, the time force just made me laugh so hard I had to walk away. In a, I remember that. I don't know if we told did we talk about that in the second episode at all or I no? I don't think so. But, I don't think so. Okay, so real quick, what was it? Um oh my god. So it? it was it was a night where I, I worked again, it, it's probably happened it probably sounds like the same story, but I worked basically four to one, then I went to set from like two to four. <laughs> I think kind of the Friday. And we're doing our basement scene, right? You want to continue the story? Yeah. Is this what? Is this the same night you had to find the camera? Because then, if we if it is the same night, then we talked about this kind of. No, no, no. no okay. This is a different night. I think it's the next night. <laughs> Probably. Okay. We were all just. We were at this point. We were all just exhausted. We had been filming. Exhausted is not even a word. <laughs> we were. We were. We were done. We were. Just, 
we 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 just needed to get the shots in, yeah, yeah. and we we just we were done, and you were starving too, and you were. <laughs> just I was just tired. You were you were tired, and you were starving. Yeah, I don't remember being starving, but we, I we shoved a pizza in your mouth. That's true. We, we did. <laughs> So unless we just did that to pacify you, <laughs> probably. <laughs> but um, we, so we were we were exhausted, and um, Michael was just kind of standing there doing his thing. His back was to the camera, and he's he's the begin the this scene. He's he starts off doing like the whole monologue in the beginning of the film. It's like first they ignore you, then they laugh at you, and then you win, right? Yeah, something similar to that. Yeah, um, and he goes. He's just like sharpening his knife, and I, you just hear. First, I was afraid. I was petrified, <laughs> and then that's when everyone understood what's going on, and everyone lost it. <laughs> and then he just started dancing, um, in a normal Michael Forsh fashion, <laughs> and um, yeah, we were all just rolling on the floor, and. You couldn't take it anymore, so you left the you left the garage. I was so I, was, I couldn't <laughs> stop laughing. I just kept thinking about that, and I was like, "Oh, I can't, I can't stop laughing." And I had to sit down, I had to like recompose myself. I'm like, "Just film without me, real quick." I can't stop laughing. <laughs> I was so delirious, so delirious. Oh my god, it was great. It was honestly, uh, Michael. If you're listening to this, it was exactly what everyone needed, yeah. and we appreciate you so goddamn much. Yeah, for the that. perfect timing to do that. Oh god, if there ever was a perfect time, that was absolutely that it. was it. That was it. <laughs> and then let's talk about. I don't know if we mentioned this in the second episode. Uh, the the day you guys premiered, Murder for Dummies. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> why was that fun so i, I hear sarcasm i think people and i'm luckily we're not texting this out to each other so people can actually hear the sarcasm in your voice when you said yeah that was fun <laughs> no it was fun but it was probably one of the most stressful days of my life and that's saying something <laughs> yeah you're very like a very easygoing person so yeah i mean you stressed out it's like a, a a whirlwind of emotions probably yeah so um we made the mistake of creating like a strict deadline as to when we were actually going to premiere it from like a little bit ago. So yeah. we were, we were hightailing it, trying to get this thing 100%. Which also let's, let's scroll back real quick. Cause I don't think anyone else we've told anyone else on the podcast in yours, Kelly's Brian's and your, your guys together is that the reason why it took so long to, you know, when you guys gave that date, Remember, we were trying to find, you guys were trying to find an editor. You found an editor, then the editor didn't work out, and then you guys were like in limbo, basically. Didn't you guys give it to another editor too, and he didn't work out either? And then I'm like, well, why don't you just edit on my computer? Yeah. So it literally, we finished in, let's say, November, December-ish, maybe? Yeah. Let's say December. We were trying to find an editor, and then from there... Like we're gonna be, it's gonna be done. What was the date? What was the date of Murph Dummies premiere? Uh, I don't remember. Brian, what was it? Brian's on the at the couch. Do you remember what day? Do you remember what day Murph for Dummies premiere? No. Why do you guys not remember this? this I have a most, terrible memory. This is the most important day of your lives, and you're forgetting this. Oh, I'm we're, <laughs> gonna, we're gonna come back to that. But we, but long long story short, they're trying to find an editor, and basically by I think. February or March, you, I, or was it later in April when we're like, oh yeah, you can edit at my place. Yeah, it was something a lot. It was something it was, oh, like, it was that. like June. It was in June, I think. 
June 26th was the due date they gave themselves, which honestly, in, in retrospect, it's not that bad. Because we, you know, they got the footage in December. We had it ready to rock and roll to an editor in January. The editor didn't work out. Then they gave it to another editor. That guy was taking his time too. And then it was like, we're not going to have this finished. He's not doing anything. Mm-hmm. And we had like, what, the first two scenes done? Yeah. And then, so basically by like, actually March it was when I said, come on over and edit from my computer. That's what we started doing. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it started getting really, really, really like hectic. Um, so, I mean, long story short, we we got it we got it done, but we got it done like right on time to actually get there. We barely, barely. We we ran over to the movie theater. We we had two screenings planned. We had yeah. one at the um, Eclipse Theater downtown, um, and then we were gonna have a more casual one at the Millennium Fandom. Yeah. Um, I love Eclipse Theater. They treated us. so so well we i absolutely loved working with them they were fantastic and the venue was beautiful um but when we went there we were having technical issues we were having sound issues Mm -hmm. all on our end because we didn't like pre-screen it ahead of time because we got it done just on time Um, also everyone works too it was a little tough for everyone to get that going as well right right um so mean so i mean we were we were stressing stressing out so crazy and we were trying to figure out anything and me i'm not a technical guy so i didn't really know what to do and yeah. it was and um that's one of the things about me I, I hate feeling helpless yeah like i hate feeling like i there's nothing i can do um so i freaked out <laughs> um uh kelly was doing a lot better than me <laughs> as far as keeping it together um but she's the rock so <laughs> um and then brian is crying <laughs> so they had the best of all three worlds right <laughs> the calm the the moderate one and the one who's sobbing like a baby in the corner um but uh, eventually eventually it got going yeah um it got played you know the 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 crowd there liked it mm-hmm. um was that just family and friends in that one pretty was, much yeah it was just small groups of uh, just a family because it was like a smaller theater. We could yeah. only fit like maybe like 30 people. Okay. So it wasn't that big of a theater. Um, so it was just like super close family, super close friends. Um, and then once we were done there, we we hustled our bustles down to um, Millennium Fandom. Which isn't that far. Isn't that far. It's just what, like a block and a half away. Yeah. Hops come in and jump basically. <laughs> And, um, first of all, I love that venue. It's so cool. Very nice it, venue. it feeds the nerd in me so bad. <laughs> What's your favorite? Um, if you ever guys, if you guys gotta check it out, if you didn't ever been to millennium fandom bar, but what's your favorite, um, artifact, I guess from film there. My favorite artifact. Um, he used to have, like a bunch of like he still has a bunch of video game stuff yeah. there, like video game replicas and stuff like that. He used to have I don't know if he still does, but he used to have um like a sword replica of like uh, the Master Sword from the Legend of Zelda stuff. Oh, that's awesome! So that was really cool. I I, I definitely like nerdgasmed right Did, there. Didn't he have like a T one T eight hundred head? I think he had. I think I saw a T eight hundred head. I think so. And I was like, this is awesome. So, oh, he also has like I think it's a life size replica of R two D two, which is great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's called the Millennium Phantom Bar. You need a Star Wars reference in there, right? So it's great. Um, he also has like a poster of like Metropolis, that yeah. old 
that the really old TV show or sorry movie, movie that has like four different versions to it. Oh, it's so great. Uh, but um, yeah, it's 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 fantastic. If you if you you know ever want to go down, it's, it's also fantastic. they have a lot of free screenings too. I think they have a lot of free screenings for uh, local artists yeah. as well. I believe all you have to do is really ask. I think he he wants to do them like once a month, but if you go ask, like he's really chill about it. Yeah, I love him. I love the the owner. Of and the- what's his name? Pronouns, pal. Yes. Uh, is it Alex? Is Al- is Alex? I forget. I can't. I can't remember his last name. Brian, do you remember Alex's last name from Millennium Fandom? Yeah, Brian. What's Alex? Okay, <laughs> Alex P. Millennium Fandom. Bar. That's all you need to know. Okay, <laughs> he's super cool. Um, and he's super chill. And when we went, um, Michael got ridiculously drunk and it was amazing uh, but that screening went a lot smoother it was a lot more casual atmosphere and now that we kind of knew that it worked yeah. we just kind of plugged it in and he has this you know i love the setup where he has where he has like three tvs playing it at the same time yeah. it's it's so you could sit anywhere and it's yeah, great it was it was pretty cool seeing it everywhere <laughs> yeah nice size crowd to, to turn up we did really we cool. did and it was family friends and people yeah, like, i didn't even know yeah people that were just there at the bar and they were like oh cool movie yeah <laughs> so, the regs <laughs> so that was really cool um and he, it was just, it was just so much better. That atmosphere yeah. was so, after we already knew that it worked at yeah. um, Eclipse, once it was there, it was just smooth sailing and it just felt fantastic. What did you feel like when, after that whole screening at Millennium Fandom Bar was done and you're like, were you like, feel weightless? You know, like you were flying because at that moment you felt flying or were you flying that whole time after the movie was starting to show? Like, what was it? Like, what were your feelings in that it was, regard? Uh, I was flying after during it. I was still stressed. I'm like, things can still like something can still happen. The sound can still be wrong and stuff like that. Um, so I was still on pins and needles, yeah. like the whole screening. But once it finished and once that applause came and like, I just felt weightless. Yeah. I felt, I felt like that weight had just been lifted off of my shoulders. And I mean, I was, I was like, I know we still have work to do after this, yeah. but right now, Let's get through today and just have a few drinks and just yeah. have some fun. And then did you do anything the next day or did you did you have a project to do the next day or no? We had a meeting the next day. Yeah, meeting the next day. Yeah, me, Brian, and Kelly got back together. We like um we hugged. <laughs> we were just like, Oh, we did it. And Brian also had a shoot that day he was telling us last week. Yes. So holy moly, Brian was the busiest man in the nation then. He was. He was. He was. It was great. Because <laughs> I just had sleep and the meeting, and that was about it. <laughs> <laughs> Brian had a million things to do. And I'm like, I do not wish to be you right now. <laughs> and then what was that meeting about? Like, was it just like the you guys come together? Let's talk about what happened. Like, what can we improve next time? What was that whole meeting? Yeah, that was all it was. It was uh, getting together. This is what we did wrong. This is what we learned from it. Yeah. So let's not make these mistakes later and just, and let's find out what we're going to do next. And what would you guys, what did you guys want to do next? We started writing, um, our next projects. We started, uh, just kind of, and also, um, not just writing the next projects, but also what were we going to do with murder for dummies yeah. afterwards? Um, which is still kind of, unfortunately kind of up in the air, but um, we're still, we still kind of have hope that we're going to, that, we're, that it's going to, we're actually going to pick it up and go somewhere with yeah. it. Um, our original plan was to release it on like video on demand services, yeah. stuff like that. But, uh, right now it's, it's just at a standstill. And, uh, you also want to, um, feature with murder for dummies. 
Yes, yes. If we can uh, get the um, funding for it, yeah, and we can actually produce it properly, we I would love to actually make it a full length feature. I have a great idea for an opening, which we all know, and I kind of want to tell people about it about the epicac. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. There's- yeah, there's an epicac shenanigans in the movie that I really want to hopefully, hopefully it doesn't get rewritten. <laughs> but basically what happens is the senior prank is, is uh, they put epicac in the teacher's coffee, right? Mm-hmm. And then uh, basically how it goes is teachers start throwing up. Next thing you know, it's a slow motion walkout of epicac king spewing all over the place while Backstreet Boys... If you want to be a good girl, get yourself a bad boy, please. Don't forget about the 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 vomit cascading yes. over yeah. the protagonist. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the vomit behind them cascading, so they don't get hit with it. <laughs> so that was the whole idea for my. I'm like, this is my two cents, and I want to put this in here somehow. But I think it'd be really funny. <laughs> I only Ryan Crowley on that, that movie. <laughs> we'll see. Strong contender, though. Strong contender. <laughs> I think you guys written it in there. I just said, I hope you guys leave it in there. <laughs> um. So yeah. So there's uh. So that happened. We started just working on more projects. We have uh Brian. I started helping out Brian with yeah. his project. Well, what were some of the projects you guys were working on? Um. Let's see. Well, we started working. And give on- me the elevator pitch of each one. I know that sounds like a tough time, but yeah, yeah. I, people want to know. People need to know these things, man. Okay. Uh, one of the projects we worked on, it's a series. Okay. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's an animated series. It's about a cat who, um, is, it's about a cat who believes he may or may not be an alien from outer space. Interesting. Um, so the whole thing is just like, it, it's, it's like old um like imagine like early 2000s nickelodeon cartoons okay like kind of in the style of like cat dog and stuff like that Mm -hmm. and um and i mean that that's going to be the whole style of it okay um there's another one it's more of a um what's that called though oh that one come on man don't be like Uh, sneaking out on the info you know what i don't think we came up with a name for it hopefully it's not called that darn cat because that's a disney movie stop it (laughs) That was exactly what I wanted to call it. I knew it. So, um, and then we have we had a uh, we had a horror movie mm-hmm. idea. And uh, tell me about it. Um, <laughs> uh, it's called uh, Deimos. It's mm-hmm. about um these kids who kind of get stranded in a haunted house where like their worst fears become reality, and they can actually be like consumed by it. It's actually pretty cool. I like that idea. And then there's another one called Guarded, which is about a woman who is a uber driver mm-hmm. she's an uber driver and she gets caught up in this cult that's like that's coming to get her oh shit i didn't know about that one that one's a new one that me and me and kelly were working on oh what about ben men amy and maggie oh ben Can amy I- and maggie i forgot about them okay ben amy and maggie <laughs> it's a series idea it's basically about this guy who gets inhabited by a demon mm-hmm. who wants to just make his life better yeah instead of trying to like ruin his life and completely possess him he's kind of just trying to help him be a better person ben so is ben the demon ben is the guy mm-hmm. is, is is the main protagonist yeah amy is the demon 
and Maggie is the guy's love interest gotcha. who um, who Amy is trying to like shoo away type of thing. Interesting. <laughs> so it's kind of part. It's kind of like it kind of feels like it's maybe like part possession story, part romantic comedy. <laughs> so possession comedy. <laughs> possession comedy. We're starting a new genre. So is um. <laughs> Is Deimos just strictly horror? Yes. So, and then is uh, the the guarded guarded? Is that strictly horror too? That one's more of an action, more of an action thriller. Oh, okay. What um, what is it like? Write uh, actually. First of all, when did you start writing? How long have you like? Did you just pick up writing when you went to school, or did you p- always want to always kind of writ- written in the background? I've always loved writing. Ever yeah. like I've loved English. I've loved English class, and I've and I realized back in high school that I'm really good at I'm really good at writing to the point where I can bullshit an entire essay and be okay. <laughs> good for you, right? So I've always liked it. Um, it wasn't until um, the back half of high school where yeah. I like to write creatively, yeah. you know, realize that I have, you know, this brain isn't good just for math and science. There's actually stuff going on up yeah. here. There's ideas. <laughs> There's ideas and creativity. Yeah, yeah. And, um, so then I started writing. Um, it actually kind of started as poetry, which was kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I will never read you one of my poetry. I was going to ask, but I was going to say, are you going to make a poetry book? Mm-hmm, no, oh. Oh, I tried, <laughs> but, um, it started out as that, and then it started off writing short stories. And then once I realized, you know, I might have fun writing, mm-hmm. like being a screenwriter, I started going that route, and I really enjoyed that. What was it like writing like different genres? Like, what's the challenge of writing different genres in that nature, in in that regard as well, too? I love horror. Yeah, like I love writing horror. Yeah. Um. So when. Uh, me and Kelly, because we're we're all about ever since cinematics. Me, Kelly, mm-hmm. and Brian, we've all been about challenging ourselves and thinking yeah. outside of the bubble. Um, so when we have an idea to write a comedy or a thriller or an action or whatever, it's 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 so interesting because that's when we kind of go into research mode. Mm-hmm. We start watching like other movies. Well, at least I do. I start watching other movies that fit with the genre, how the scripts kind of play out, and all that stuff. Um. What did, what did you uh, research then for? Sorry to cut you off. What were you researching for Ben? I'm uh, not Ben. I'm sorry. Deimos. Like, I feel like that's a, that's a Nightmare on Elm Street 3 type thing. That I'd, be re- re- that I'd be researching. Yeah. It was it was a lot of um, like Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I say Nightmare Before Christmas. Um, Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. Um, a lot of, I even read a little, I even uh, watched um, like The Omen okay. and. Um, like uh, Exorcist and yeah. like good old fa- oh and uh, oh and uh, um, haunt, uh, House on Haunted Hill okay like the old one so yeah. like just like trying to research that stuff but I mean like horror was was fun for me already yeah. so any way I can I can make it so that I, I can scare somebody is fun for me yeah how do you write a horror like how do you write a good horror like you know what I mean because I feel like you can't really describe it on pages mm-hmm. but can sh- it's easier to show that than yeah. it is to like scare someone in, like in your in the script, I feel like, like, right. what, yeah. So, what is it like? I mean, yeah, what, what, yeah. I don't know. Ask Stephen King. No, <laughs> um, that's true. He did make me like scared of the bathroom, like because of it. <laughs> and that's book form. That's all in your imagination. Yeah. But um, it's you. You write as much as you can on piece of paper, mm-hmm. and I mean, horror as a visual medium is first. You have to like, you know, get. First, you have to care for these people on the screen. And if you don't care for them, you're not going to like 
I mean, maybe back in the eighties, but if you don't care about these people, you're not going to care if they die or not. You're yeah. not going to care about the horror aspect of it. So for me in the beginning, it's all about how do I make these characters likable? How mm-hmm. do I make them, how do you, how do I make you actually want to root for them? Yeah. Um, and then when it comes to like horror, um, cause I'm more into psychological horror. So yeah. it's all about kind of planting seeds of what scares these people, mm-hmm. what scares the audience do this. And then just kind of slowly build that up to like a, a neat crescendo when you get to the, the climax or yeah. at least, or at least their particular death scene. Gotcha. So for me, that's, that's, for me, that's all it is. Just sprinkling little bits of suspense throughout until you get to the horror. Who are some of your favorite horror, like directors or writers or anything of that nature? Um, well, as far as like writers, you know, Stephen King, Dean yeah. Koontz. Um, I love uh, Guillermo del Toro. Mm-hmm. He's fantastic. Um, uh, Alfred Hitchcock, of course. Yeah. Um, and they're, they're very, both of them are very suspenseful. They're yeah. very, you know, they, they build it up until it gets to a point where it's absolutely terrifying, which mm-hmm. is what I love. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, 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 <laughs> I mean, that's, that's my genre. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I was just kind of curious who your, who your, uh, pe- the inspirations. People. Oh, and yeah. Ari Aster is slowly getting yeah. up there too. He, I mean, Midsummer is great. Even Robert Eggers, I think with the lighthouse is phenomenal also. I still haven't seen it and I want to see it so well, bad. By the time your episode's out, it should be out on Blu-ray and DVD. Okay. <laughs> or, or actually, it should be out on digital. Technically, we are in December right now. Mm-hmm. I think it's supposed to come out in January. Okay. So go see it before your episode hits. I will. All right. Cool. <laughs> that is my homework. Yes, that is your homework. I think, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, I can't remember when your episode's supposed to hit, actually, but I know you're the number 12. Um, lucky number 12. You are lucky number 12. <laughs> you are a dozen. Not a big dozen, but just a dozen. Just a normal dozen. Yeah, just a normal dozen. Um. So after running those to Kelly's, you also said you worked on Brian's project, which is what? Uh, we started working on Wired. Yes. Which is um, a horror anthology series just kind of centered around technology. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of kind of like Black Mirror, mm-hmm. only not as like technology centric. Yeah. Because Black Mirror, it's like... Um, technology kind of like runs everything. Whereas yeah. with ours, it'll just be kind of like a small aspect that just kind of fills in the void for the entire show. Mm-hmm. Um, so we started working on that. We worked on the pilot and it was so much fun. Cause it's, it's um, again, when it, whenever we working on um, like a smaller project where we have to like take care of stuff by ourselves, it's always so much yeah. fun. Cause we always find out new ways to kind of fuck ourselves up. <laughs> I mean, you're learning. It's a learning curve. Right. And I learn better by doing so to me, actually getting there and yeah. doing small crew and figuring out what needs to be done is so much fun for I me. I think a lot of people learn that way also, just yeah. to give a heads up. I mean, I think that's like most Americans because I, I, you can tell me something a million times, but if you don't show me it, then I won't like really, I won't grasp it until you show me. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, what did you, what was the biggest takeaway on that? I think we maybe might have asked about that, but just in case if everyone forgot, what was your biggest takeaway from, um, shooting wired, shooting wired. Yeah. Uh, Cause you were, what produce really, you were a producer. Were you directed? You weren't direct. Brian was technically the director, right? Brian was technically the director were, until he left me alone. And I was all like, what the hell's happening? <laughs> so you're basically producer and writer, co-writer. Yeah. Producer, co-writer. Um, and just kind of general, like anything that if it wasn't the director or it wasn't you behind the camera or yeah. wasn't like Mark working sound or lights, I was basically taking care of everything else behind the yeah. set. So making sure that everyone was fed, making sure everyone was like mm-hmm. at their places and, you know, making like script supervisor. Yeah. And I was, I was all of that, which is cool for me. Cause I like taking on multiple jobs and running around, but that yeah. also causes me stress. But 
You know, I'm but just you enjoy a, the stress. It sounds. I'm like. a big old stress ball, and I love it. But also, you're a cool comic collector, like a cucumber. Aww. So, um, so yeah, that biggest takeaway though. Oh, biggest takeaway. Um, biggest takeaway was um, try your best to kind of focus on one thing at a time and don't have everything in your head. Like, yeah. um, if you obviously like if you're on a smaller set, you kind of have to have everything. But the the more you can separate. Uh, between people or even yeah. between like just moments in time for your responsibility. Cause I just said, I'm a big old stress ball and I like to have everything done or I like to take care of everything. Um, that kind of that itself just causes me stress. Yeah. So if you can dictate um, certain people get this, certain people get this, certain people get this, certain people get this a lot better on you. <laughs> And and it, it might not age you as hard. <laughs> you look great. Aww. Uh, well, I mean, what's also the challenge of like working with a small crew? Do you find it challenging working with a small crew or do you find it like, you know, it's, uh, I mean, you, you only worked with small crews in that regard. I mean, mm -hmm. what was it? I mean, it was, this was smaller. I feel like for yeah. wired. Yeah. It was, what was it like four people, four crew yeah. members at a time. Um, I love it. I love working with small crews, even though it is stressful, but I love working with small crews because you know everyone yeah. and you can actually get a, like a, a close relationship with everyone. Whereas with bigger sets, it's like, there's some people who you might even, you might only say like two words to and yeah. then through the whole production. But, um, I, I, there's, there's a certain level, there's a certain kind of like bond that happens when you have like a smaller crew. Yeah. Um, so that, in, that in itself is, um, is, is why I enjoy it. So after wired, what did you do or what are you doing? Well, right now I'm actually in work. Well, through all, um, through all the projects that I worked in, I've yeah. gained a, not just an appreciation, but a love for, for, uh, filmmaking, yeah. you know, being behind the camera and writing and all that. So I'm actually going back to school um, six years later, no. <laughs> going to CSN for the film program. And I'm actually learning on how to work behind the camera. How's that going? It's, it's, it's really fun. We got to work on a few projects already mm -hmm. um, where basically I was at the helm. Oh, as director, as director. Nice. How's that feel? How's that power feel? <laughs> I feel like he man. No, <laughs> I have the power. <laughs> it was it was nerve wracking. I'm I'm not gonna lie. This last yeah. one one project I did, I did it. I was every person behind the camera. Wow! I was the cameraman. I was. Um, this now you know how I feel. <laughs> I've always known how you feel, John. <laughs> I can tell by the amount of like anger you have in your voice. <laughs> <laughs> see your anger happens in levels like so like once you get to like a certain decibel i'm like okay we shouldn't talk to him anymore <laughs> true <laughs> but um it was it was honestly a lot of fun i i got it edited oh i edited myself too okay um and i got it i presented it and i felt so proud afterwards obviously it wasn't a perfect product yeah. i'm still learning but i felt so proud of the work that yeah. i did and it just kind of fuels me to keep going. Do you work on Premiere or Final Cut or uh, Avid? What are you guys working on editing-wise? Um, the cool thing about um, CS, at least that first class that I took, because it was uh, Film 1 and we're just 
he's just going over in one yeah. semester he fit the basics of everything yeah like basics of sound basics of lighting basics of filming um he encouraged us to work on whatever software we felt comfortable with cool. um but because it was basics he just went i guess he just went the route of iMovie yeah um which was fine for me because i had never i've barely edited anything in my life yeah, yeah. so it was very user-friendly very easy but starting next semester i'm going to be taking a crash course in adobe premiere so awesome super 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 excited about do you that. guys have like 24-hour access at csn or no no it's it's like nine to five on monday through I'm friday blows. <laughs> no i'm being serious like you know when i was in college uh in my when we did visual arts, the, the building that we had the visual arts department in mm-hmm. was like literally 24 hour access. If you had a key card swipe and that's, that'd be really helpful. Like, you know, for someone who's, you know, like in that class, you should, you should have that access. Yeah. Be honest. Honestly, I feel the same. I, I feel the same. I feel yeah. like we should have access, but, um, but I get it. You know, yeah. it's, it's, it's their school, it's their rules and they yeah. don't necessarily want like a lot of things because they're not like a huge university. So yeah. they can't necessarily afford, to replace too many things if they get broken. Yeah. Well, I'm not asking them to, you know, get the equipment that that can have the nine to five. But like, if you have if you have the ability to fucking edit your projects or like work on some other projects to get you better. Yeah. You know, like have the editing labs open for 24 hours. If you have a live, you know, what I mean, like just have that. I feel you. I feel you. And you know that 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 is the one thing that I, I really don't like about the program. But yeah. I mean the the equipment I can check out at any time. That's and- awesome. Uh, so yeah, I I got to take. I mean, it's like two days at a time, which is yeah. fine. Um, I can film a lot in two days. Yeah. <laughs> um, all your acting monologues, all my all my uh, video submissions. Yes, <laughs> I can I can video uh, my audition for Real World and hope I can no. Um, yes. Okay. Yes. Siestaki. Siestaki. <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> But um, so the video checkout, I can check out two yeah. days at a time, which is awesome. Um, and then and then for the editing, I just go before work um, yeah. or like on the days I'm at school after class, I'll just stay and do lab time for a few hours. Yeah. And honestly, that's more than enough time for me to get my stuff together. As long as, as, long as you get your stuff together in that time, that's then it works for you. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, you said, I think you told me last time before when our first part of this, you were going to take a boot camp next semester as well. Producer's boot camp. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, now that I uh, now with a little bit more time has passed that yeah. I guess there wasn't enough interest in it. So it was dropped. Oh, OK. Unfortunately. Um, but I can, but I'm going to continue to sign up for yeah. it until I actually take it. Yeah. Um, but it's I mean, it was run by Kelly Schwartz. So yeah. if anything, if I want to crash course, I can always just run to Indie Film Factory. That's true. <laughs> Um, and ask him and be all like, Hey, let me pay you. And you teach me things. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, I mean, I'm taking, I'm taking a lot of courses yeah. next, next semester. Um, how many courses? Mm, 22, five, right. <laughs> full-time student and oh, then wow. full-time, full-time, uh, real job over here. <laughs> and the whistle across the thing. I don't want to, I don't want to pop the mic. <laughs> So I'm going to be exhausted next semester, but you know what? It's all, I'm not taking any prerequisites next year. So it's all film classes. So I am super, super, super hyped. You are a bundle of knowledge this next semester coming up. I hope so. (laughs) I will will definitely have you on after your uh, spring semester then to talk about what you learned in that regard. So you're giving me more homework. 
You're giving me homework. Just what you, what you learned spring semester, and then we'll compare it to your first semester. Uh, you sound like my parents. What did you learn at school? People want to know these things. <laughs> now, let's get to the next question, the next segment of our show real quick, and that is basically what what are the pros and cons of the film community out here? Mm. Like, what are the strengths and weaknesses? What can we do to break that glass ceiling to get to that next level in film production? Out here... Well, let's go with the strengths first. Let's work with the positives. The strengths are it's still a fairly small community out here. Yeah. So finding work, if you can kind of link up with with any filmmakers or any actors or any or really anybody yeah. out here, that's instant access to like a whole bunch of different other work that's out here. Yeah. So getting started out here isn't hard. Mm-hmm. Um it's you know, keeping going. Yeah, it's yeah. it's you yourself keeping going and um and still doing it. That's the hard part. But if you can just get out there and you show that you like that you want to work, yeah. then, you know, you're going to find work. You're going to find at least something to do. Yeah. Um, whether it's like shorts or actual features or web series or whatever, you'll, you'll find something. Yeah. So is that the only pros are there more pros. Um, I mean with, with that you, you do get to have like a, a tight, knit community of mm. you know so like me me brian and kelly and yeah. you we're, we're super tight um so you get to make just so the friends you make out here are really yeah. really really going to help you out yeah but at the same time just so people are transparent too i mean i think i've always said this as well i think we talked about this is like you don't want to work with the same people over and over again and you don't work you have you've done a few other projects without me and without brian without kelly yeah to grow as a filmmaker too oh yeah i mean yeah just keeping the friends i mean i think you guys are friends me you know what i mean obviously right so like <laughs> i mean yeah we're doing the same projects but we'll, we'll come back together from time to time but we're i think also the growth too is like you know and you going to school too is like you learning to work with other people as well too as oh yeah yeah so, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's 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 the but really that's good issue thing. with the film community too is everyone's using the same people. So that's the, that's the con right there. I think yeah. personally, again, this whole section of this talk of the podcast is basically your own opinion. Obviously, his own opinion, his views, and we're just trying to get down to the nit, the nitty gritty of what he sees through his eyes in the film community out here. No, but you're right. Um, cause out here you see, I mean, you know, you see the same people yeah. working on the same projects with the same people. Um, and you know, that's not inherently a bad thing, but as an artist to actually grow, you should yeah. be sowing your seeds in different locations, not yeah. just in one garden. Yes. So, um, so yeah, I think that, that, that itself is a big problem, but it's just, you know, people get comfortable working with who they get comfortable with. Yeah. Um, but as soon as you like can out can spread yourself out, it's, I mean, you're, you're good to go, honestly. The worst cons and besides the one we just talked about. I mean, that's honestly one of the biggest cons is just everyone just like works together. And I mean, that's especially, that might be a little problematic if you are a producer or a director, cause you're inclined to work with the same people over and over and over again. Um, so I mean, if you're, if you if you're an actor out here, yeah. just, you know, just beware of that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Here's another question for you too. Cause you know, it's been popping up a few handful of times is like, and this is kind of like precursor to like all the other episodes that are, gonna, you know, obviously like this is re-recorded. So like <laughs> okay. in the recent podcast I've had with someone I won't say who, cause I don't want people to, you know, but he basically said like, you know, people in LA are basically like 
don't like Vegas actors. Have you ever had that problem? Like he, he said that he, the person told him that if he knew he was from Vegas, they wouldn't hire him. Oh, geez. Yeah. Um, and I feel like, and that's not like the only person who said something like that. I feel like I've heard that from other people as well. There's a, there's a stigma with Vegas actors. I mean, yeah. I mean, when you, when you think Vegas, you don't think serious filmmakers, you don't yeah. think serious actors, like unless, uh, like a Hollywood movie is coming out to here and filming like the hangover or something and they're filming in a casino and all that stuff. And you're the background extra with a speakable role. (laughs) Right. But, um, just saying, no, you're right. You're right. But, um, so unless it's like produced from Hollywood in Vegas, you know, you're not taken seriously here in, in Vegas. Um, cause when it comes to Vegas, you know, in your mind, you think like snuff films, honestly. Yeah. You think, Are you thinking porn? Yeah, you think pornography, you think snuff. But porn, films. a lot of porn is shot in like the San Fernando Valley, which is like that's the that's the porn capital of the world, though. Yes, but I mean, if you think someone's acting in Vegas, you think oh yeah, because stri- everyone's a stri- everyone probably thinks you're a stripper. You're no offense to ladies out there, just just you know, thinking. earn that money, you go take care of yourself. Yeah, you, you, if you're going to be a lawyer and you need a strip, you do that, girl. Yeah, it pays really well. Yeah, I wish I was a male stripper. <laughs> I always said if I didn't make it, I'm gonna just like become a Chippendales dancer or something. I mean, they work you to the bone, but you do get paid well. Yeah, hey, you know what? Might as well. <laughs> no, but I mean, that, I guess that is a stigma. And you know, if you're filming out here, like you know, they also think like I don't know, like like B horror movies type yeah. of thing. Like you're like you're not worth their time. So yeah. I, I so I understand where that stigma comes from. That mm-hmm. is something that we need to break. And I think with like every every. Every passing year, we get closer and closer to breaking that glass ceiling. Yeah, because we're kissing it, I would say. I think we're kissing the glass. Yeah. Like, we're not, like, really, like, it's not like a full pressed lips on the glass. It's, like, <laughs> barely touching the glass. <laughs> you know what I mean? I feel you. Because, honestly, I've seen, like, I've seen so many talented yeah. filmmakers out here that are make, that are trying to make quality films. And also, the, the issue, I think, too, is, like, people are, like, you know, we I, we personally ran across this issue, too, with we talking about Murder for Dummies, is, like, we do the projects. We don't release them. No one's really releasing their projects or mm. talking. Like people talk to talk about the projects, but we're not releasing the release about the projects. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's an, that's an, I mean, I'm, I'm at fault for that. I think I'll, I'll admit to that as well. You know? Yeah. I mean, that's something that, that, that me, Brian and Kelly were guilty of as well. Yeah. Like we'll sit on projects for a while and you know, yeah. but, uh, and then no, you're absolutely right. That is something that we need to work on. Yeah. Um, actually like keeping the momentum going and yeah. actually finding a way to release this stuff. Even, I mean, we kind of don't really have an excuse with like vent with like Vimeo and YouTube, YouTube yeah. and like all these other countless streaming ways that we can, that we can release this stuff. We, I mean, we're not taking full advantage of it. You know what, too? I think the problem with that that hurts us is there's so many friggin' film festivals. Yeah. And, And, yeah. Yeah, and they all want to come, they all want to come to Vegas or around Vegas or... Or there's too many, like, there's, like, all these unknown film festivals that people will put their films out there for and they can't release the film because they're in consideration for a film festival. First of all, who the freak cares? <laughs> like no, like no offense. Like, like honestly, I'm like it's honestly like my opinion. It's awesome you're doing a film festival. It's awesome you're doing that. But like the question is, why are you going to like lower end film festivals? I'd rather personally, in my opinion, again, like I said, I appreciate everyone who's doing the film festival circuit. Whatever, whatever you need to do, do it right. Mm-hmm. 
like get those awards, get those recognitions that you want to do. But from my humble, my personal opinion, I should say, not my humble opinion, but my personal opinion, I think if you don't level up and go to like, you know, aim for your film to be in Tribeca or, you know, a higher end, more prestigious, like a middle tier mm-hmm. film festival and understand rejection and get rejected, right? then you know you can make it. Because you know, first of all, they looked at it. They, they rejected it. And you're in a higher tier thing. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's more... Um, more of a goal and an end goal to get to know to get better. Yeah. Where these film festivals, they're they're gonna give you a freaking award, and you're only like three people in the nominations or the right. category, right. and then you get the not you know the award, and then you're like, well, I'm I'm that good. I won an award. Look at me now, which is cool. I'm not I'm not like, I'm not putting it down, but I just want like tell you guys, you need to better yourself. Aim higher. Yeah, aim higher. That's my rant for the day. <laughs> and I'm going to get so much hate properly, but it. I'm just trying to be honest about this, guys. I'm not trying to be an asshole. I, I mean, I'll come off like an asshole about it, but which I mean, I, I know I'm probably coming off like an asshole, like pretty hardcore right now, but I'm just telling you my opinions. Like, you know, I mean, honestly, you, I mean, you do have a good point. Like you should aim higher and we shouldn't just go for these like teensy, like itty bitty film festivals. And, you know, uh, you know, obviously to knock to knock down film festivals because you got to start somewhere. But yeah. um, you, I mean, you should be aiming to go to you know Tribeca, Sundance, like all yeah. these other crazy ones. I know it's like, I know it's hard, but I mean, if you're not doing that with all the with all the ways we can release movies now, yeah. going through Venmo or going on YouTube Ven- or whatever, Vimeo, not Vimeo. Venmo. Why Venmo, you saying Venmo? No, you said Venmo once. <laughs> I keep thinking Vimeo, <laughs> but Vimeo, like yeah. all these other ways and just kind of building your brand. Like that's honestly, I think the best way to do it. Yeah, no, I agree. And also like, if you think about it too, more eyes are on YouTube. There's, yeah. But I, I just, I just saw something today. There's about, wait, it was, okay. So someone's describing podcasts versus YouTube. If you should, which one should you do? Mm-hmm. There's a shit ton of people that are on YouTube content wise. Which, yeah, that's a lot more eyes on you. Podcast, there's only half a million people on podcasts making content. So, podcasts can grow. Yeah. YouTube, there's, it can grow if you figure it out right. Mm -hmm. Promote it correctly. Get people to watch it on YouTube. Put it on your website. Get all the traffic correctly to flow to that video so you can get people to see it. Also, think about this way too. You can, if you're going to do this shit, have people have a PayPal if they want to tip you or something like that. Yeah. Do something. Yeah, I mean now with now that YouTube has like, um, like those perks or whatever, yeah. you can you know you can do like member perks or you could do Patreon or yep. you could do you know any one of those. You can like link it up to PayPal and do cryptocurrency. It's, yeah, like, you can do that. You can also put QR code in the corner of your thing, like we're doing with this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's just it's we we just need to get out there and do it. XRP honestly. and Litecoin, just to throw those out there for you, if you want to donate right now. Shameless plug. Sorry, but I was listening. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I mean, just we, I mean, that's, that's on me too. I need to learn that. I need yeah. to learn to just put the stuff out there, which hopefully now that, you know, I'm actually like working, you know, doing like these projects at school, whatever, I can mm-hmm. at least try to build up a brand Yeah, with more than the brand that we've already established. And that's what it's about. Brand, man, mm-hmm. brand, eat the brand. <laughs> Not brand flakes, but your brand is I important. Can't stand you. <laughs> <laughs> so, did we talk about kissing? What's what's going to break the glass though? Um, just building out that content. Just like I think, as a community, we just need to keep 
sending out that content and giving like giving our all to every yeah. single thing that we do. What about substance? Because substance, I think, is a huge thing too. We what is that? <laughs> it's exposure. <laughs> no, no, yeah. I mean, that's that's what I mean. Like whenever when you give it your all and you actually try to pull out the best quality yeah. stuff that you possibly can. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this too. Like, is is the glass ceiling is the because you know you I know you love horror and I've, I think I've access to someone too, but the glass ceiling is being kissed. But to break the glass ceiling, do you really think a horror film is going to break that glass ceiling, or do you think something with like a tangible story, like a very like substance, substance, substantial story, substantial, no, a story with substance, really, mm-hmm. something that like heart hits. Like a moonlight, think about in that regard. Do you think that will break the glass ceiling or horrors are going to break the glass ceiling? Because, like, again, we've seen the horrors out in Vegas. They're, you know, not that, not that great. Mm-hmm. Not to my cup of tea. I'm mm-hmm. not a fan of them. But, like, they're not breaking the glass. Right. They're not getting our name out there. Right. What do you, what do you think? I mean, I don't think it's, it's a question as far as genre goes. Because there can be... Cause there's been some like really like hard hitting horror films out there. Some really good drama films, yeah. action films, like there's been really good films. Um, but I think all it would really take to break the ceiling is, is just creating that just, just having, if, if the projects out here, more projects have substance than the ones that are just kind of like throwaway movies. Yeah. I think that will be enough to kind of just push us over. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, with e- each and every passing year, you know, more and more filmmakers come up and hopefully we can only hope that they are willing to make um, movies with substance and not just trying to make a quick buck out of it. But boobies all around. Everywhere. Yeah. No, too many. <laughs> um, but all right. So we're, let's, let's wrap this up a little bit. What's your last piece of What's not last piece of advice? But what's your piece of advice or nugget that you want to give to the people out there for them to, you know, chase their frame. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I've said this throughout the thing and, you know, I'm going to say it again because it's the most important thing. Just do it. Just, just go out there. Just, just, just get your ideas written on paper. Just grab a camera, you know, and, and go out there and do, and just do it. Yeah. You know, um, Nike, please do not sue me. <laughs> um, you know, do it, show up, um, and honestly, one of that's one of the biggest things in filmmaking is just actually getting there and showing up to set. Mm-hmm. Um, if you, you know, we were talking about this, you know, we were talking about this earlier, yeah. but um, that's, that's honestly the best thing you can do for yourself. Yeah. It's just once, once you take even like the smallest step forward, like that's, that's at least one step that you didn't take yesterday. One small step for you, one giant leap for your future. Like I like I reworded that a little bit. <laughs> so Alfredo, as time is slowly coming to an end, oh. yes. Uh, what is that social media the game that you're on? Oh, okay. Um, so on, I am on the Facebook. You can just look me up by mm-hmm. my name, Alfredo Muniz, M-U-N-I-Z. Thank you for spelling that out for people because they wouldn't know. <laughs> um. And on the Insta, you can go ahead and look me up on Fredo, F-R-A-Y-D-O-U-G-H, underscore 90. Wonderful. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. And thank you, Alfredo, again for reduxing your podcast, I guess. If you ever need to redux a a third time, just call me up. I might just purposely do that now. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Uh, But again, thank you guys for listening. And remember to subscribe to the podcast. We are on Spotify, Google Podcast, Anchor, Apple Podcast, and Stitcher. 
And remember, we have that Patreon page, like I said in the beginning of the show. Remember, three days is the earliest tier, which is a dollar. And then the highest tier is about $5. And you'll get that next week's show today. So basically, if you're in that Patreon group, that's awesome for you. You get that special treat. But if you're not on Patreon, thank you for listening. It's a pleasure to have you guys listen, no matter where you are. And if you are, you know, listen. if you're on Patreon or not, it's, it's, th- I just want to thank you. I can't really stop thanking people. Like, that's honestly, like, I'm so happy about this thing. So, and also remember, teespring.com slash stores slash chasing dash the dash frame. Remember, t shirts, men's, women's, with hashtag frame chaser on it, 20 to $25, depending on what kind you want, from the standard t shirt to that tribal t shirt, they got it for you. So again, guys, thank you. Have a great day. Have a great week. Have a great year. We'll catch you next Wednesday on Chasing the Frame. You are my hashtag frame chasers. Again, have a great one. Bye.